0: Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. This content exists because of the generous support of our backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com OIO contribution start at just $2 a month. Joining me for the show tonight are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. Heyo! And Dr. C, Casey Aline. Hey, what's going on everybody? Tonight, we are going to talk about Shadowrun Returns. Shadowrun Returns is a tactical RPG developed by Hairbrain Studios. That's not right. Hairbrain Schemes. Crowd. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is going to be a rough show, guys. It's all right. We're going to get through just, this, right? Just roll gonna... with it. This game was a Kickstarter success story. It was an early Kickstarter success story for video games. It was completely crowdfunded through Kickstarter. The lead designer is Jordan Weissman, creator of the Shadowrun tabletop role-playing game. Mm. Originally released in 2013, this game has a Metacritic score of 76 Brinzy, you put this game up for Game Pass Forever. What was it that drew you to Shadowrun Returns?
1: Uh, the really the big thing is that I know that you specifically have a huge affinity for the series.
0: I love Shadowrun. I love Shadowrun so much, and like just playing this game and getting ready for this show. I'm like, man, I freaking love Shadowrun.
1: And, and I've I've like played a little bit of Cyberpunk, but otherwise not a lot. That's of like this ilk. Granted, this is not. A game like cyberpunk but the same type of world so to speak uh and so uh it seemed interesting to me we haven't really played an rpg
0: Yakuza for this. I like a Dragon.
1: i guess that's true so and that was relatively recently too so but so two different
0: know. ends of the spectrum there for sure
1: yeah but uh i don't know it seemed like it would be fun a fun way to mix it up after uh, lord i don't even remember what we played before this
0: uh, before this was Immortals Phoenix Rising. Okay, yeah. Which I wouldn't have so. known either, but I literally just looked at my save files for Game Pass Forever.
1: It's just... <laughs> wow, it's just... Isn't it lovely what... Uh... You know, I'm almost 40, and my, my brain is completely shot, apparently. So.
0: Yeah, you should make some babies and, like, run on, like, no sleep for several years in a row. It's great. It's great. You I put...
1: just have sleep apnea. That's why I run off of no sleep most of the time. Oh,
0: we're practically the same. Yeah, exactly. So you put this game up for Game Pass forever. Did it make you feel like you wanted to punch yourself in the face and or smash your Xbox?
1: No, not really.
0: Oh, I thought you hated it.
1: No, I didn't hate it. <laughs> it basically, what it came down to was... You I hated it. I just got... As we'll talk about it as we go through it, like the middle part of the game was just incredibly boring.
0: Yeah, you thought the game was boring and dumb. We'll turn to Casey. (laughs) Casey, I know that you've played Shadowrun once. I know that you've played a uh, Star Wars uh, Force and Destiny. You played one of the Star Wars tabletop RPGs with me once. What is your entire history with Shadowrun? Uh,
2: Basically just that, yes. The one time that we played it at your parents house like i don't even know 15 plus maybe even 20 years ago i don't know how i ago. think it was, it was about 15 years time.
0: ago do you want to share just how in depth in character creation you got because like we were gonna play Shadowrun. that was like our big thing on like a saturday or sunday morning and we all went to bed and we woke up and you had a character
2: exactly yes so uh you guys i think i arrived late so everybody else had already created a character and i didn't want to just sit there and do nothing so i had to you know put time into it and As I do with most things, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. So I... You turned on full Casey brain. Spent a lot of time, yeah, researching characters and and developed the most badass character ever known to uh, grace the tabletop of Shadowrun, probably, I think.
0: And what kind of a character was it?
2: Uh, It was a stealth troll. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) Stealth troll. So... All seven foot of them with stealth abilities.
0: Is it hyperbole to say that you were literally <laughs> up all night researching to make the perfect Shadowrun character? Uh, No, no, it's probably pretty accurate. I'm guessing I slept a
2: couple hours, but yeah, you know, min-max the hell out of there, right?
0: <laughs> and Shadowrun <laughs> is a complicated game. It is a complicated system. <laughs> like, you're just up reading the rulebook all by yourself. <laughs> that's, an, that's an impressive feat. And, like, yeah. for all the crap that I gave you about gaming, like, when you set your mind to something man, you... You crush it. Thank you. Which is
1: just interesting, because, like, whenever (laughs) I, like, approach a role-playing, like, a tabletop role-playing game, if I'm getting a character ready, min-maxing is, like, the farthest thing from my mind. Like, I'm all about, I'll come up with, well, first it's like, okay, well, what kind of character do I want to play? And then once I kind of hone in on that, then it's like, okay, I need an interesting name for the character, and then off of that, then it's like, what's, like, the one weird background thing that I can give them that'll, like, shape the character? And so, and then I just kind of roll with that and then use all of that to inform the decisions I make when I select things. And, you know, purposely won't select, like, if I'm making a wizard, for for instance, I won't select the best spells because I'm going to select the spells that that character would have. Because um, they're not necessarily always going to be the most useful because... You know, not everybody is an adventurer. That's like a fine-tooled machine for every specific task that you're going to approach. But in the right instances, it's going to end up coming in clutch. So
0: I think I think it'd be very fun for us to play a role-playing game together. I think that would be a very interesting experience. (laughs) I'm more with birds than I am with Casey. Uh, Coming back to Shadowrun. I love Shadowrun. I love. I played several campaigns in Shadowrun. It is a very complicated and clunky system, and it works best when somebody really knows the nuance, the ins and outs, and can guide you through it. But the world is just awesome. It's a dystopic future. At some point in the future, like there's this huge magic like cataclysm, and like people are just walking down the street, and then boom, they turn into freaking orcs and elves and stuff. Like it's just a magical awakening. Suddenly they're a completely different race, and there's all these ramifications from this uh the u.s has broken down the world is basically run by these mega corporations and where shadow runs come in a shadow run is generally a job that uh sabotages or steals something from a corporation usually hired by some other corporation or person of power and within the shadow run universe your characters are shadow runners and you build a specialized set of skills to basically pull off a heist there are characters that are designed for fighting there are mages there are people that are specifically for driving there are people specifically uh characters specifically made for being in the metaverse why do they call it matrix matrix i thought it was the matrix but i'm like oh god i'm stuck in the movie and yeah uh
1: at least that's what they call it in the game which i would assume if it's from the same creator as the tabletop game i would guess it's using all of the same you know, verbiage and everything, but...
0: With all of my experience with Shadowrun, I've literally never made a character that has gotten to the Matrix. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's what my character was. I made a Decker.
0: Sounds terrible. Well... <laughs> let's start with character creation uh you pick a race human elf orc troll you pick a job shaman shaman combat mage physical adept, decker or rigor and i thought we'd start with the types of characters that we make bernsey you had a decker who specializes in going into the matrix what led you to choose that type of character
1: well i guess when i was looking through everything uh i didn't really want to be i usually don't pick like a mage type of character at the start and then I also don't usually... I like A lot of the times I'll gravitate in an RPG and I've been trying to move away from it of being just like the the melee grunt up front type of dude. And so then I figured I was just like, well, what's going to be something that's interesting or different with this game that I could explore? And so then I knew that there was this whole side stuff with the Matrix. And so I was like, well, might as well create that. So I created an elf decker um, and, and really just focused on developing and expanding on intelligence which is what i needed f- to improve my decker skills and then uh quickness which allowed me to increase my ranged combat and i basically just used a shotgun the entire time
0: oh, me too, with stages. that character yeah
1: um and it was really just because you got a shotgun relatively early on and so then it's like okay well i'll just focus on that um i put a little bit into originally i was like oh throwing thrown weapons uh i'll put a little bit into that and i'll see if i can get some thrown weapons and it's like i never found a freaking thrown weapon throughout the entire game I, maybe it's somewhere in the like long catalog of like items when you go to buy them but uh yeah I, I never saw a thrown weapon ever
0: it's grenades
1: Oh, okay. I was thinking it was going to be like throwing knives or like an axe that you could throw. Yeah, I no. guess I do throw grenades all the time. I just didn't think that they were a thrown weapon. I and guess that I, makes sense.
0: I was on the opposite end of that spectrum. I knew it was grenades and I bought a bunch of grenades, but my character didn't throw grenades. <laughs> so I <at laughs> first I had a bunch of grenades in inventory yeah. and I was broke because I spent all this money on grenades thinking I was going to do a lot of crowd control with mm-hmm. them. And then I started assigning it to other characters and uh, just wasting those resources and I really hated it <laughs> Casey you made a well before I pivot to Casey that sounds like a challenging way to play this game and interesting
1: it wasn't that challenging
0: oh well you you should have played more of this game Casey you made a physical adept which sounds like a very Casey thing to do what led you to choosing the adept
2: well um I'm guessing you're a troll I was a troll yeah and I kind of not
0: guessing I knew you were a troll.
2: <laughs> yeah I you know with my experience from the uh um, tabletop game. I played. I, I wanted to kind of tr- create a similar character. They unfortunately don't have a stealth ability, but uh, so I made a troll, and uh, I, yeah, I made him physically adept. With he uses, which I used very little of. Actually, they can use chi to cast spells and stuff, but most of the time I just used a machete or an axe to hack and slash dudes, which is my style. That's kind of <laughs> kind of what I do. Although, like I will say. I was sort of frustrated by the... Like, I don't know if you guys even paid attention to the damage numbers and stuff. Like, I was mm-hmm. surprised. Like, most guns had, like, a base damage of 10, 12, whatever. And the hatchet, like which was, like, the best, or the axe, I guess it was, which was the highest um, melee weapon that I found, had a base damage of 5. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm surprised at, at that, because I would think that the the melee weapons... But then again, like... You're shooting most of the time through cover, so it decreases. So I, I can see where they did that. And but I think, it, you know, point blank, you're going to do that damage, which my character is more.
1: <laughs> I think your base damage also, I think it's like that damage from the weapon, but I think it, it must also add your strength or something. Because whenever the dude that I always hired to be in my group, um, whenever he would go up and melee things, he was doing, if he hit, which, okay, that's another thing, but if he hit, he would usually do like ten damage or something like that. It was more than just the five or six he should do with his katana.
2: Yeah, that's true. Like I by the by <clears> the end, um, which I still have I made about seventy five percent through the game. Um and the last level that I was doing, I had an attack where I you used two of your A P points to do it, but I would double attack at a person and each hit I was doing like fourteen damage. Mm-hmm. A piece, so I'd do like thirty damage per attack, which is Yeah. Enough to basically kill everything, most of the bad guys, mm-hmm. except the big bad guys.
0: Interesting. There's a there's a lot of Shadowrun magic to there, to that. I don't know. I don't know the full <clears throat> system. What it could be, given my knowledge of Shadowrun, is that you hit on a five instead of on a six, because Shadowrun is a completely d6 system, and basically you're building this giant pool of d6s that you're chucking every time. And I think sixes are always hits, but I think. Uh, I think base damage of five might meant that you also hit on five so you'd be hitting more often Hmm. maybe interesting yeah I played a shaman I uh, had never played a shaman before I thought they were kind of dumb the basic hook of the shaman is that you use a consumable to summon spirits which was uh, Hmm. I know I just said that shaman were dumb but Summoning the spirits in the game was pretty fun. You could uh, you choose a consumable of a certain element, like fire, water, air, and that would choose, uh, that would dictate the type of spirit that you bring into the world. And then your spirit would fight with you, and then eventually you'd lose control, and uh, you'd have to f- kill it in addition to all the bad guys.
2: I'm assuming the story was the same for everybody, and, like, one of the main characters that you interact with in this game was also a shaman, so... Yeah, you no, that was great.
0: We had double, double, double... shaman? Yeah, and she was worse than me, so I was like, oh, good, a wasted character spot. Nice. <laughs> but she's free, so at least I can bring her with me.
1: <laughs> good that, stuff. I guess that's a good thing. Other than, like, one instance when you learn about the Matrix, like, I don't think there was ever a time where there's a decker that's it has needed. to be in your
0: party. It's needed later. There's a... There is another mission where you encounter someone who's a Decker and you have to protect yeah. her. There are other instances. There is one that I remember specifically is you can hack a turret. You need a Decker to like go into the Matrix yeah. and hack these turrets and that will mow down a bunch of dudes in the uh, – did you make it to the – it was after the church mission. Yeah. Oh, you made it to that it's one? My, uh, that's my
1: next yeah, one. I'm halfway through the final mission.
0: Oh, right nice. That is a long mission.
1: Yeah. I mean I'm Nice work today, it. birds.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. um so yeah it didn't come up all that often
1: yeah I learned that
2: like because you get to hire mercenaries and stuff and I never chose a shadow runners you hire shadow runners shadow sure, runners <laughs> so <laughs> and there are a couple levels where I did not have a decker so I was able to or not able to hack into a couple of the computer terminals and stuff that were there so I knew I was missing out on something so I made sure after a while to make sure that I always had a decker in my Party because they seem important.
0: <laughs> they are. Let's uh let's set the stage <laughs> here a little bit more. Then we'll talk more about the core gameplay action. You start the game, you're broke. You find out that a buddy of yours is dead, but he had a dead man switch. So when he dies, a video comes to your special Shadowrun iPhone. Uh, you find out that if you find his killer you get paid a big insurance payday so you head to us in Seattle you establish a base you start hiring your crews of Shadow Runners you buy better gear then you get into the core gameplay loop where you wander around a map and talk to some people then you get into tactical battles with squads of goons and monsters where you're rewarded with money and karma the core gameplay loop getting into the uh, maps and talking to people before getting to those bases Bernsey, you play a lot of games was this a fun experience
1: Uh, Yes and no I mean I think the wandering around exploring a little bit And talking to people was fun Um, It it left me kind of wishing that there was a little bit more to it Um, Or maybe at least some level And there might be some variability I'd have to play through like those parts again To see if there's ways that you could get different things And I know like depending upon with charisma What you choose as you like level up your charisma, what your backgrounds are, I think it is, or... I can't. Etiquettes. Etiquettes, there you go. Um, which basically is just, you know how to talk to certain groups of people. Um, I think, because I also was trying to level charisma, because I know in these types of games it's important to be able to talk to people, and so I think I had three unlocked by the end of the game, and... Uh, Especially like the last one I unlocked was corporate, and it was like, oh yeah, that was super helpful talking to some of the final people uh, to to try to navigate yourself through some of those situations. I also don't really know, like, if my charisma wasn't at four or above, like how you even talk your way through some of the things. Uh, in you one think of the specifically missions. the cleaning mission, yeah. Like, I wonder how hard that is. Like, I wonder, I wonder how hard that is without that. But uh but like the middle part of the game, like, I don't know, it's just it, it seems like there wasn't anything that was changing with a lot of that stuff. I think part of it's also that it kind of jumps you through a bunch of missions in a row and you learn maybe a little bit more about like the the matrix and some of those. Um, but it just like it just th- there's not a lot to those missions. and it just kind of was just like, okay. I just spam the same attacks, try to get through the mission and get to the next room to spam the same attacks and hopefully not take too much damage. And that, that's just kind of where like in the middle the game broke down for me was that it just kind of seemed to be a lot of the same thing over and over again.
0: Well, knowing how you like to play games where you need to talk to everyone, touch everything, read every piece of lore, did you like the setup in the world here? one of the things that I really enjoyed was the way they dripped out content in between like each mission. I had literally talked to everyone in the seamstresses union to mm-hmm. get every piece of little, every little nugget that I get out of this game. For me, it was very manageable and I liked the smaller scope of it. Burns is somebody who loves big, big experiences. Was there enough lore and interesting information about the world to keep you hooked?
1: I think there was enough lore. I, I really, it was just like the missions themselves That just kind of like was where it started To like drag down a little bit Um, And I think they do a little bit better Of a job later on In some of the missions and the design of some of the missions That you have to do um, To like tweak some of that somewhat Um, Maybe some of it's A little bit more frustrating but it's at least A new thing that you have to do along with The the normal stuff that you do But uh, I don't know I think that's like where it kind of fell down a little bit Also just like especially in battle, the clunkiness of some of the controls and things like really like wore down on me after a while. Like the whole the fact that your character, um, especially when you get down into the later missions, your character's always walking in front of everybody else. When I'm you're so glad
0: things. you brought this up. This drove me crazy. Yeah.
1: And so it's like, OK, I have to go into the next room. I know there's going to be dudes there. I'm going to be a bullet sponge for, like, their first three attacks. <laughs> and hopefully I don't, like, and granted, I never got completely ganked. But it's like, okay, I can take one shotgun shot and then back off and heal. Um, and so, like, that was the one thing. It's like if I could have switched up and had, like, somebody that had a little bit more health be in front or whatever. Uh, or if I could try to more stealthily approach it. Uh, I think that would have been more interesting I did like the mission where it's like you're kind of in a spot and people are coming at you because then it's like okay I can use overwatch here and like as people run in I shoot them with this and my magic user shoots them and then
0: are you thinking specifically the skyscraper mission or yeah. like the funeral
1: the skyscraper mission
0: yeah coyote had a good time on that mission
1: I don't th- I didn't have coyote with me on that mission but she was free no I did no i did did I? No. Because, so the skyscraper...
0: Oh, this... Oh,
1: okay. I think we're talking about two different ones.
0: Oh, I was thinking the one where you get the bug spray. N- n-
1: she was free for that one? Pretty sure. Oh, okay.
0: She's I, either free or she's like half price. Gotcha.
1: So it could be I didn't choose. So basically, what I did when it, when it... So when you have to choose your your runners for a mission, you talk to one of the NPCs and basically recruit people i always usually they'll give you like one person for that mission alongside yourself right um and then you recruit two or three more people to fill out your your group um so in that mission that was the one where they said uh you should have a you should have a decker for this mission and even though i was a decker they like said the guy's name and i saw the guy in there i was like okay well i'll hire this guy um and so basically, I had him doing that, and then I had two NPCs that were basically the two that I always had in my party. Um, one was a mage, an elf mage, and then the other one was Johnny Boy, who was a samurai, a human. Was he a human? I think, or maybe he was an elf samurai. Um, and it was basically those two that I used as my extra party members every single mission. Um, because it was just like, I knew what their skills were. They did like evolve a little bit as like the missions got harder, um, and got a little bit better abilities and stuff like that. And so it was just like, I just used that. Cause then I knew what they could do and, it, and I knew it was a relatively well-balanced party with at least the three of us, depending upon who the fourth person was, that's randomly mixed in. Um, and that seemed to work plenty fine for me.
0: Interesting. Let's <laughs> back up for just a moment to give Casey a chance to weigh in. Casey, the world, did you enjoy interacting with everyone, or were you skipping through talking to people to get into the melee action?
2: No, I really enjoyed talking with everybody, too. It was a, a really, I think, well-written story, uh, and it was intriguing, and just the mystery behind everything, trying to solve the puzzle and put everything together. Uh, it really made talking to everybody worthwhile in the end, and I feel like as you were going through it didn't feel like you were wasting your time. Everything mm-hmm. every little bit of information was was helpful in a way. And you know, sometimes it gave you karma points and say, you know, it was the it was worth it trying to seek out different people and get little bits of knowledge.
0: And then moving into the tactical action, you're a guy who likes to run up and hit people in the face. Did you enjoy like the pacing of tactical action? Have you any, ever played anything quite like this before?
2: Uh, I can't say that I have. I mean, I've played just a couple RPGs that we've discussed in the past, but uh, this kind of turn-based system, the way that it was set up, was, was totally different, and it's funny to hear you say... <laughs> it was frustrating being up front. That's what my character is designed oh, right. to do. So, uh, <laughs> so I did not have those same issues because <laughs> it wasn't. I was a really good damage sponge.
0: You probably had a very high body. Burnsy, did you find yourself investing in extra body just because you kept having to wander into the line of fire to trigger the next battle? It wasn't just
1: because of that. It was mostly because I, I knew that I would get shot at different points using a shotgun. You have to get somewhat close to things. So I think I had my body at five by the end of it.
0: I was somewhere Um, around there, too, because I I got a little too close for comfort on a couple of missions. So I started pumping up. It kept me from maxing out my karma, which is frustrating because there's achievement tied to maxing out an attribute. Interesting.
2: Yeah, I I think my body is at seven or eight right now, at 75% through, and I have, like, almost no charisma, which, actually, I don't know if I have any, period, so... (laughs) Hearing you say that you kind of need that as you're going into the next mission like I
0: Well, it's helpful. I really want to
2: finish this to see like how all the different characters just listening to you guys do this like it'll be interesting to see how my character navigates it. Yeah. Going through <laughs>
0: The etiquette was crucial because it gets you more money for stuff. If you know how to talk to people, like especially when the dude's trying to jerk you around for more money in the Seamstress Union or when you find a piece of tech or find a special list on a mission, you go back, and if you have the right etiquette, you can get a couple more bucks for it. Uh, Burns, I want to pose this next question to you. Was cover useful at all in this game? Casey is a melee character. I assume it wasn't as big a deal for you.
2: Well, for my main character, no. But I was always tucking my secondary characters behind cover. Um, it just made sense. I mean, it reduced the amount of damage they were coming in. They would focus their damage on me more. And I could use the mage's abilities to either you know just pop off shots at those guys. Or a lot of times what I use them for is, is supporting my main character. So I could um, apply... Different status effects to my main character that would give me haste was an, definitely in, crucial, increased damage yeah. or increased action armor. Yeah, like so, all sorts of different stuff that I could do. Um, but I think, yeah, I was always trying to find cover for the secondary characters.
1: It was more useful and consequential than cover in XCOM, where <laughs> randomly disagree, my friend. XCOM 2, where it would randomly just. You know, an, an alien could just shoot you through four, like, different levels of cover and crit you and kill you, you know? Um, so it was more consequential than that. But it, So I think part of it was the the isometric view. In a lot of these games that have an isometric view like this, you can actually rotate the
0: camera. That was infuriating not to be and able to do that. you couldn't like, in this. You could do it in Final Fantasy Tactics on the PS1, for crying out you loud. You could
1: do it in most <laughs> games like this. And so it got really difficult to try to see what was cover or wasn't cover at times, or something would look like it should be cover, but then the little shield doesn't come up and you're just like, well, what the hell? It's like a tree, you know? And then other times it'll be this little rock on the ground and it's full covered. You're like, I guess so, you know? Um, So yeah, it, there's some missions where like you really don't have a good cover option. Like, You just have to try to get lucky. Um, I know you mentioned the graveyard mission. Um, That was infuriating to me because it's like, oh, hey, there's all these ghouls coming out. They're going to help you. They would run right up to the other guys, turn around and run towards me. And it's just like... (laughs) Like, what in the world? It's just like they have this sixth sense that I'm over here, and they run at these... Like, at first, they went at those guys and started killing a couple of them, and it was great. And then it's like, all of a sudden, they realized, hey, we've beat up on these guys enough. Let's run over here. And it was just like, without fail, they would run all the way down to the one side of the map, get within, like, three hexes of... The one guy that was hunkered down over there and then beeline back towards my group up on the upper right part of the map. And it's just like... It's just bull. this <laughs> is bull crap. Um, so, I don't know. I, I The cover sometimes mattered, but sometimes didn't. And it made it... It seemed like it mattered a lot more against, like, gunfire and not as much against magic. Um... And so I think that was another thing that made it a little more difficult because, like, I'll be shooting at a guy with a shotgun, which you think could, like, pierce through cover to some extent, and it's like, oh, they're in cover. They take 2 damage (laughs) when normally that shot would take, like,
0: 12 damage, you know? Um, So, I don't know. It It was weird. First, I'd like to say that I am... I think this was a worse experience for me having just recently played the XCOM games because I disagree with you vehemently i think the cover system in xcom is very good and uh in this game unless like i was forced to like move somewhere to continue the mission and like find the next area the next guys to fight my shaman just stood right there and just like i'm firing off haste i am shooting at the nearest if i have an extra action point i will try to move into cover
1: i will admit because the enemies are actually shooting at you in this game (laughs) yes the cover is worse because they'll actually hit you sometimes whereas in XCOM 2 for the second half of the game they never shot at you so I can I can see how there's that conundrum in your head
0: I uh, I think maybe XCOM 2 just sucked like I think <laughs> XCOM 2 might just be a bad game um, XCOM Enemy Unknown is a priceless treasure and I strongly yeah, encourage you good. to check that out that's the, good. when I think back of the XCOM experience playing both those games back to back like it is always Enemy Unknown that I'm thinking of that's the game that will probably for forever be my standard in this style of game and tactical cover-based uh rpg with guns uh but yeah i just stood there i just stood there firing my spells um uh, and then i'd run up with a melee character and flail away hopelessly well
1: i suppose with your uh with you being the the shaman and summoning things You just summon them out on the other side of the cover and just hang back, right?
0: Yeah, like, I'd stand wherever I was and I'd summon (laughs) it as far away from me. You could only summon within, I think, three squares in any direction. Mm -hmm. So it was relatively close to you, but uh, then I put a lot of my points into spirit control, so I'd really get a lot of action points with those characters.
1: I think uh, along the same lines, like, the line of sight was really hard to kind of gauge in this game. Um, Because... You know, it's not that important because it's going to actually tell you when you're trying to cast a spell somewhere or you're trying to shoot somewhere what your percentage of hit chance is going to be. But where it's problematic is that you usually have to move to get in position beforehand to do that. And if you don't go to, like, the exact perfect, like, square or hex to be able to see them, then you just kind of boned one of your action points, which... Which is kind of annoying. And so that's that's the one thing that made that was a little bit tricky with the cover um, in this game. Uh, and also, a lot of the times you couldn't be in a like, really good cover because you wouldn't be able to shoot out of it. Um, unless it was like you just needed to hunker down and like not take any damage or take a lot less damage and not do anything. Which, I don't know, I never really felt like I had the luxury in a lot of instances to do that because um, I kind of needed to always be producing. Um, but granted, like I'm like almost through the game and I other than like the very beginning, I haven't ever had to res a character like in combat. So uh, it's difficult but it's or it's it, it's like there's some challenge to the missions, but nothing ever really felt difficult in my mind.
0: I uh, I lost a runner on one mission. I think uh, I think it was a side mission. I think I lost a runner on that one, and in the last mission, I lost my physical adept. I, I hated physical adepts with a burning, fiery passion, but before we dive into the characters <laughs> and our overall impressions of them, let's talk about the progression system. Instead of having like a traditional experience point leveling system, Shadowrun uses karma, which is consistent with the Shadowrun tabletop game. You spend your karma to upgrade your base attributes, like your strength, your quickness, your body... Uh, and then under each one of those attributes, there are different abilities. So if you want to be good at firing guns, specifically shotguns, that is an ability underneath uh, quickness. So if your quickness has a base score of two, you can only upgrade your shotguns to a two. Or for me, spirit control was a big one, and that was under charisma. So yeah. I had to keep bumping my charisma so I could keep bumping up my spirit control.
1: And it's tiered even more than that. So, like, for for example, quickness, like you said... Um, so if you go out to two on quickness, you also have to go out to two on ranged combat, and then you can go out up to two on the ones beneath that. I don't know. I I really liked that system. I thought I it was too. I thought it was really cool how it's like okay, I'm building up this base stat, and that unlocks this on this stat, um, and then all of the pieces that were kind of like nestled underneath each one of them. Seemed to make sense with what they were there for So like in Intelligence, one of them was Biomed or something Like that, and it was basically Like, hey, are you smart enough to use A health pack the right way <laughs> And if you are, and you Like level that up a little bit Then you're going to get more HP out Of using the health packs uh, Which I thought was it, it makes sense, you know And and there's all sorts of interesting Little like nuggets within the different Trees, I think, for that
0: Yeah, Shadowrun's a great system, and that is taken largely (coughs) identically from the tabletop role-playing game. A fun little nugget about the tabletop role-playing game, it is often better to be untrained in a skill when, you, like, say you have an assault rifle. You find an assault rifle and you want to shoot this assault rifle. It can often be better to be untrained in it than to have just one skill point in it, because the one skill point, I think, gives you one die when you're... um, using that ability. But if you're untrained, you get to use your full attribute dice pool at some sort of penalty. So, like, if you have five quickness in that instance without any training, we'll use shotguns for the example. And with no training in shotguns, you'd roll your five quickness dice and hope for the best. Whereas if you only have one one square unlocked in shotguns... You get one die. You get one die. Ah, okay. That
1: makes sense. Interesting.
0: I think... Overall, I think Shadowrun benefits from being a computer game and having the computer just handle (laughs) all the dice. Because it is such a complicated, clunky system. I love it, but it is very hard to wrap your head around. Casey, did you like the progression system with the attributes and the abilities and how they were nestled together?
2: I Yeah, I did a lot. Um, as my character, everything went into body and strength and willpower for the... Um, uh, Adept abilities. Adept abilities, yeah, where the, all the chi spells were. Um, but yeah, I really like like what Joey mentioned, how you would... You know put your karma into one thing and as you were doing that it was unlocking different tiers of and other stuff down and it all made it all made sense to like what you wanted to to do so i didn't put anything into like you said intelligence or charisma or anything like that because it didn't make any sense for for my character so specializing in the way that you want to play is is really important and they make it easy to do i think um and it just, yeah, like I said, it all it all, it all made sense for, for everything. So you could really customize and, and fine-tune your character the way that you want to play it, which was nice.
0: And as I mentioned, there's no XP in this game. You are given arbitrary amounts of karma for doing things tied to stories, like completing... Completing missions is a big one, but also talking to people and completing inside side objectives will get you more karma My gamer brain says give me some XP for killing all of these dudes But I really I personally really like the way that they doled out the karma I wish there had been more of it I wish I could have done some more things and like pushed my charisma all the way up and maxed out my spirit summoning but uh, I thought it was a really interesting way that they gave you the resource for leveling without like making you completely overpowered by the end of the game
1: yeah, I, I mean, it seemed like there was a constant flow of karma and I was always like unlocking different things. Uh, and yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was I thought it was a nice a, a nice progression system for a video game just in general, much less it being based off of the uh, tabletop RPG.
0: That's the basic framework as you dive in and try to find Sam's killer. Now, let's talk about, did we actually enjoy our characters? Casey, you play melee things in a lot of games. Did you enjoy the Shadow One Returns take on a melee character?
2: I did. Um, Rocky was a badass. Like <laughs> I could go into um, every single battle, and like Joyce, I never, never once died because he was just such an effective damage sponge. And if I had a mage that could heal, I was able to heal up from the attacks on that. I never, like, I think I used those, the health packs that you had to buy. I think I've only used, like, three the entire time in the game, too. So, like, I was really, really effective at what I wanted to do with that character. I would just go in. I would um, put him right in the middle of everything and heal up with the mage i would like i said cast spells on him to make him even stronger and more of a sponge and more of a damage dealer and he was pretty much able to decimate most things on the on the screen
0: you mentioned having to buy health packs i was usually too poor to buy health packs because the shaman consumables are expensive and especially the more the better they get the more expensive they are so i would focus on hiring a crew that had health packs in their inventory already so <laughs> if somebody had two health packs and, like, the price was equal to someone else, like, health pack person got the nod. <laughs> Casey, you liked having a mage with you. Who else did you build your party out with?
2: Uh, well, you had to have, like I said, as, as you get later in the game, a decker is really important, so it was usually decker, Yeah, mage. I always
0: had a decker, too, just from, like, my general Shadowrun knowledge. Like, it's always important. Generally, you want a decker, you want a rigger, you want someone that's good at melee, and you want a mage in your party. Yeah,
2: so I would usually go decker, uh, mage, shaman, and myself, so, damage sponge, healer, dude who could summon other stuff on the board. and
0: <laughs> That sounds pretty well balanced. I yeah. was stuck with another shaman for a large part of this who was similar to me but seemed just inferior. Mm-hmm. So, that was kind of a limitation for a couple of missions in the middle part of the game for me.
2: Well, it's really funny to hear you say how poor you were the entire game. And with my character, there's almost no consumables at all. So, I had tons of money like i don't know like i was able to buy um like what are the body parts called that you can like cybernetics yeah cybernet like i've maxed out like all the cybernetics so i got two two arms i have
0: a, i didn't know a, a, extra
2: body
1: i have like i'm like ex- <laughs> I, I have how lot, are you I able, have able to afford that and not have like lose all your essence Oh, i did he didn't oh. need essence Oh, okay. uh, I mean, I didn't really need it either, but <laughs> yeah,
0: essence I... is important for mages. That gives the mages their magical power. So a mage, every piece of cyberware they put into their bodies takes away from their magical power. I didn't know how it affected shamans, so I just never bought a piece of cyberware. Also, I couldn't afford it, so it was pretty easy for me to let it go.
2: Yeah, it wasn't like I said. He said it wasn't an issue for me because I had nothing that I did used used essence. So I just gave myself.
1: I bought an cool eye stuff. That was it. Well, you had just to have it have... as a decker, right? Well, they no, you get it? a data jack to start oh, with, okay. but then I bought an eye just so that my my targeting would be better with my shotgun. That would have been very helpful. That, that, that did help a little bit.
0: Burnsy, did you like your Decker character? There are limited opportunities to go into the Matrix in this game, and it sounds like you doubled up on You did the old double Decker run. <laughs>
1: double Decker run.
0: Um,
1: hey, and it worked. Um, hey, Me being a Decker probably was not supremely useful there was like the one mission where it's like oh i can just do that i don't need to worry about having somebody else do that um or maybe it was two missions that i was able to do the my character was able to do the decking but uh yeah the one main mission where they're like you have to have a decker i like actually brought one with so that necessarily didn't help me out that much i enjoyed playing my character i never felt like i never felt that it was like a detriment to my gameplay experience. Um, the character that I least enjoyed was the shaman that joins the party, um, with you for like a couple of missions. And it's just like, I, I summoned the thing once with her and it was just like, I, I like was able to attack a couple of things and then it turned on us. And I was just like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Why did I just make things harder for myself? <laughs> yeah. Like This character is not useful enough elsewise to even do this.
0: Well, just wait until you're in that last mission, and you're a shaman, and you have your like B A summons that you can do, and then it turns on the party, and it kills like your meat shield. Yeah. That was I nearly missed the end of this game because I was so pissed off about that situation. I yes. never, I never had good party composition. Part of it was because I was a shaman, and like I would have much rather been a mage with like fireballs and a sword. Mm-hmm. That would have been better for my through that would have been just better a better fit for me summoning the things were cool but ultimately i should have just invested in guns i should have built my quickness built my range combat built up my guns i felt like that would have been much more useful the <coughs> like summons summons were fun but it was such a limited scope it's like you fight a battle against a pod of like four or eight guys and then like oh okay well my summons gone that thousand yen that i spent on a consumable also gone forever all right great i hope i use that at the right time because it's never coming back
1: yeah well and and you mentioned like if i use coyote or not and the problem with coyote for me was like she did a lot of the same stuff that my character did because she's just like shotguns and yeah shotguns and a fist right and so it's and grenades and so it's just like well i mean that's what i'm doing other than i can do decking too so you're just like you're just, like, not as helpful. So it got to that final mission, and I know I promised her that she could come along with me to, like, right the wrongs or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, you're just not going to cut it. You're not going to cut the mustard. <laughs> They're already giving me this one character who is freaking badass, by the way.
0: Okay, let's let's drop everything to talk about that point. For the final mission, uh, Casey, sorry to ruin this for you, but for the final mission, they give you an NPC. Yep. And, like, he, is it a he or a she? It's Harlequin. Them? them, they, they, there Yeah. Uh, I hope I got those pronouns right but they give you another <laughs> character and they are so far superior to anything yes. that your character it is can... capable of it's like don't swear I don't edit this show why am I playing this game if yeah. they're just going to give me like the Dan Peterson character at the end that just like mows through literally yep. everything Cause... and then did you get the reinforcement right before the final battle too? No, I didn't
1: get that far yet.
0: Yeah, I mentioned my spirit killed my meat shield, which was super frustrating. When I kept plugging along. It's like, oh, they brought in another NPC.
1: Oh, like another one of that like group that you're talking to at the Not end. Not from that just group. From different? like the
0: the high end recruits that you can get. I remembered seeing it. scan oh, interesting. I scanned through there. So I so, had another. I had a full squad for the final fight. Otherwise, I probably never would have beat it. But well, yeah,
1: because Harlequin is like, he's like a samurai and an adept and a mage like all rolled into one
0: yeah so he heals like mad he hits like a Mack truck like he was literally the mvp of the entire game for me
1: oh yeah no because you just throw him into stuff and he can just rip, rip face um which is good because you needed that balance when the other side thing that you have to do throughout that entire thing is cumbersome as f and like Oh, yeah. It's yeah. really annoying. I don't want to there's, ruin that part of it. but There's it's just another
0: like, mechanic that's introduced just for that last mission, which always drives me crazy yeah. in games. But yeah, that, that sucked. And yeah, they give you, yeah. like, this <gasps> crazy character. And it's like, oh, my, yeah. uh, my character sucks. Can I just be this person for the yeah. whole game? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, I don't know. So, I think... I think that's interesting. I don't know. Like I, was, I was thinking about it then afterwards. I was like, could you even, could you spec a character like that? I'd suppose you could.
0: I don't think you'd get the karma to do it though. Not to be that effective at, in yeah. all those phases.
1: Right. Because yeah, you'd have to go down. I guess it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's really hard to tell. If you really just focused on those um, and didn't really care about like some of the other side things like charisma or whatever. You maybe could be like a glass cannon that way. You wouldn't be as hardy as Harlequin is, but I yeah. don't know. But it's interesting.
0: Interesting choice to get the best character in the game for the last mission. Like yeah. it, it it felt a bit like a cheat code. Strengths of Shadowrun Returns. For me, as much as I enjoyed this game and I played through it and I, I enjoyed my time in Shadowrun, but for me, the strength of the game is the story and everything else is way, 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 way below that.
1: Yeah, I think the story, like the lore that you get as you go through it, the world building that happens throughout it, I think is
0: really interesting. Uh, And Burns, let me poke at one thing here. I knew that you weren't super into this game. I'm surprised how much you played today leading up to this. You got through a big chunk of the story. Did you like where the story went? Because you're hunting Sam's killer. You think you get him like a third of the way into the game. And then (coughs) things happen after that. Did you enjoy that arc leading up to where you are right now in the final mission? Because you know who the big bad is. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know everything yet, but you know who the big bad is.
1: Yeah, the stuff at the end is interesting. Uh, I I think, like I said, it was the middle part that just was kind of like you're you're running out and doing these missions and there's nothing that's super interesting. So like, okay, now I got to go back to the airplane hangar and go through this mission. And there's nothing that's like super challenging or interesting about that mission. It's just longer. You just you just got to go from bit to bit to bit. Um, and then there was another mission right around there that was also just kind of like you're just doing the same things. You're you're going through the motions again. Um, uh, but then once you get to like the final couple of missions, it like at least there's enough interesting things happening with those missions that you have to do. And I think when you have to when you're kind of like side by side running through the entire mission or most of the mission, both in the Matrix and in, like, the map. Like, that's kind of cool how that works. Um, And the fact that the time goes a little bit faster in the Matrix. So it's like you get, like, two or three activations with your character that's in the Matrix, and then you do one activation out on the world, and then back... I don't know. I just... I I liked how that helped to break that up as you got um, into some of those later missions.
0: Uh, Great point. That was a very... Those... Those instances were really cool. One other that I want to throw out before I forget about it because I forgot to write it down. Casey, did you get to the cleaning mission?
2: Uh, no. Oh, uh, well, I, I think it's. I'm right at these, like whatever the mission after the graveyard is. So basically, when you go okay. to the, uh, I call it the Scientology, whatever, but basically, yeah, the. the, the
0: there's a mission... Church headquarters or whatever the heck that yeah. place is. There's a mission towards the end where you have to go back to a big corporation that you break into, and you have you are posing as a cleaner, so you have to clean up a lot of the mess that you made the night before, and you're... excuse me you're trying not to blow your cover and so you're talking to all these people and i thought that moment specifically was so interesting because Mm -hmm. it forced me to actually like get into role-playing it's like what will i say that won't give me away as the guy who was shooting up all these people and i really appreciated how this game actually forced me into role-playing as a character more because as much as i loved the witcher 3 and By all accounts, that's a better game in every single phase. (laughs) Yes. Except you're always Geralt, and, like, Geralt is... You can mold Geralt to who you want to be, but, like, it wasn't the same as this, where I was trying to keep a low profile and get to the MacGuffin that I needed to grab.
2: Yeah, that's where it'll be interesting. I I would say (laughs) I want to try to finish it, but as a character that has absolutely zero charisma...
0: You'll be fine. ...how
2: that's going to be... If it's going to be different going, going through that.
0: Truly, I think it only affects the money. You'll be fine. You can... You'll probably be pretty good at the stupid cumbersome thing in the yeah. last mission.
1: <laughs> or, or it'll be just that you're just that bad at talking to people and you're that imposing that it'll just scare them away or something. I guess I don't know. It's hard to that tell. That could be.
2: Uh, there were a few times, which I, you guys can see it, but where you get the extra dialogue where, you know, it's if you have a strength of four or whatever, you yep. can intimidate. and So I thought that was kind of
0: neat. Yeah, there's several of those <laughs> opportunities with etiquette as well. The funny one was, there's one where, I think it's when you go
1: to do the training for the Decker stuff with Johnny Clean or whatever the heck his name is, and (laughs) there was one where it was like, he's telling you like, hey... What, what what is your familiarity with the matrix and i was like decker four and it gives me an option for like every level of decker for me to say and it's just like well I'm gonna choose the fourth one even though i don't know what i'm doing yet but i'm gonna say i kind of know what i'm doing <laughs> but i don't but i don't know i thought that was interesting that it, like through all of the like layers of options that i could have had if i would have been lower on decker at that point um so i could have like sandbagged it i guess i don't know <laughs>
0: I was familiar with those lower levels. <laughs> Other strengths from Shadowrun returns.
2: Um, I really like the story too. I didn't get back to me on that one. Thanks, Tom. Sorry, you skipped me. Yeah, no, story. No, story was really good. I don't know. I, like I, I, really, I did not I, I didn't have anything to add because the story was definitely the strength of this. It was um, so good. But yeah, I just I I really liked the character that I created. It fit my personality and how i like to play games really really well and i think that's one strength of this game is that it it's really good at letting you fine-tune how you want to play this game and if you don't like it um it lets you you can reset and retool retool it for free tool. You don't have to stick with what you like. You can
0: I should have maybe done that. Yeah. I tried something new. Didn't particularly like the shaman. Um largely because when they shot when the spirits turned at the end it was super duper frustrating. Yeah I can
2: see that for sure. And like it, it's so odd that all your summons are consumables. And I could see how that would be extremely frustrating because as somebody who
0: Yeah I could spend I've over three grand a pop just I, burning three three uh consumables so,
2: the best so the best weapon that I was able to get was an axe and the axe cost me like 500 yen total mm. and I never had you know I have it forever. so <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> you can see how like for me, I was able to just compound and do a lot of different stuff that you weren't able to do and I think I could see how playing different characters would be super frustrating and for me it was almost not easy mode. Because the battles were still challenging enough where it it didn't make it to the point where I wanted to stop playing, you know, it wasn't it wasn't easy, but it was not frustrating in in that sense. I would have been very frustrating if I wasn't able to get the best weapon that I wanted, if I wasn't able to get the armor that I needed, you know, but thankfully with my character I was able to do that.
0: I should also mention I was able to cast some spells as a shaman. Uh, Most of the shaman's game is summoning spirits, but they also get a spell book. I got haste, and I used haste quite a bit. It gives characters extra action points. Uh, I had a couple of others, but I barely used them because they didn't seem as useful as haste and my shotgun. Weaknesses of Shadowrun Returns constantly being broke. (laughs) Those, (laughs) Those spirit consumables, they were very expensive. They're at one point... I did one mission with three characters because I couldn't afford a fourth person to fill up my party. And another time I had to sell literally every extra item in my inventory just to squeak by to get a full squad for a mission. Yeah, it sucked. That was like two thirds of the way through the game. It was maybe the church, uh, church mission. Like I, I cut it
1: close a couple of times where it was like, I had a couple of hundred new yen left after I bought my, my full party or whatever. um, You know, and that was basically just with buying more health packs and then, like, upgrading, like, oh, okay, I leveled up more of my ranged combat, so I leveled up my shotgun so I could get a better shotgun, um, and buying that, or buying new armor as I went went through. Um, So I was always, like, kind of running out as I was prepping for missions, but never to the point where you were at, but I guess I could see if I needed to buy something constantly to use for my class how that could be how that could make things more difficult
0: yep super frustrating other weaknesses cover system ain't great it's uh right maybe it works maybe it doesn't <clears throat> um if you're coming to this game from xcom be prepared for a letdown
1: yeah well and oh go ahead playing on your phone is very difficult
0: <laughs> oh yeah tell us about that experience Casey, because you're like playing this in the deer Sand, right like i played i played mostly on the xbox i also played a little bit of on the steam deck because i'd already bought it on steam so i Played through the early part of the game in both systems.
2: Yeah, so I started playing it on my phone, which was a big mistake. Uh, that first mission, I actually... I don't think I failed it, but I was like... I got so frustrated that I actually turned it off. And, and then I...
0: <clears throat> but you didn't text us to say that you were done with the game forever, so on the Casey meter of no, frustration, it, it's on the lowest end. <laughs> I knew I
2: was doing something wrong. Like, the dialogue was... It's really small, so like... And like, the, the buttons kind of overlay the uh, terrain, so mm-hmm. you can't, like... Tell what's covered because it might be behind your A button or your B button, so that's super frustrating. And then like I didn't even realize that you had to press X to access your commands. So like I was just moving, you know, like yeah that would make that first so I'm like, very what difficult. The heck? <laughs> so I couldn't quite figure out a little bit of a little bit and then so little bit and I and bit i a little to the, uh, to the actual Xbox and I was like oh okay this makes sense so after I played for a couple hours on the Xbox, I was able to go back to my phone, and it made it a lot, a lot better. But it was still like super. Like if you, if you had a tablet or something like that, I could see it being okay. But mm-hmm. playing on a and this is supposed a to be a pretty well, screen,
0: pretty well regarded on tablets.
2: Yeah, and I think it would play pretty well on a, on a tablet. And, and it was frustrating to play on the phone, but it was really streamlined. Like I didn't notice any noticeable, <laughs> you know lag or any like anything any issues with that um, once you figure out the different mechanics it, it actually is is okay but there is a massive learning curve
1: and, and I bet if you actually played it like legit like you bought it for the tablet as opposed to because then it's like the controls are optimized for that control space as opposed to you're playing the game on a touch screen but with overlays of the Xbox buttons on there so it's like you're playing it, you're just playing it in a different control scheme way um, that's not as optimal for the device that you're using. So I can understand how that, you know, probably not as hard as when I tried to play Enter the Gungeon on my phone <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. through the Xbox uh, Game Pass streaming or whatever the heck they call it. That that did not go well <laughs> at yeah. all. I think but... if I
2: would have Bluetooth the controller to my phone or like you said, like have yeah. the, uh, the controllers that actually like snap and connect to your phone where yeah um it would have been a lot better experience. But yeah, having everything kind of overlap <laughs> over top of everything and the dialogue is like super tiny when yeah. so much of this game, like you said, the the story is is yeah. probably the best aspect of it and it's pretty hard to read on a seven inch screen at times.
0: Yeah. I bet other strengths or weaknesses.
1: There's I mean there's just a lot of jank in the game. Uh so like for instance, you can really cheese some combats where if you find like where you have to get out of line of sight for it to drop out of combat, you can kind of as long as you can withstand getting shot at when you reveal yourself again, you can just reset your abilities. So like you could use all your abilities for your people except for like your one person, like is it's just it's a weird thing you could do. You could run out, shoot, run back. If everybody gets out of line of sight, you like recover your HP. And then you jump back into combat again. It's just it's, there's some weird janky things that you could do with with some of that stuff.
0: I found this game often to be a touch on the easy side, and like I never yeah. I never really needed to cheese it. Like I never that never occurred to me. Like I would just go full assault yeah. and very rarely did I have to reset and try again.
1: I didn't need to. I just noticed that it happened once and I was like, Well, can I do that again? Can I do that again? It was just like, oh, okay, I guess I could I could do that like infinitely in this one instance. Like, there's other combats where that was the one thing is it's like it, it never was clear when you would be like dropping out. And you could move freely or not. And that became really frustrating in the Matrix specifically because if you dropped out of combat, your summon would go away in the Matrix. Oh. So like your attack program or your shield program or whatever. And so it's like. Sometimes I would pop that up and it would stay up the entire time I'm in there because for some reason it would just keep me in. Like you have your two or three action points and you just keep moving as far as you can each turn or whatever. But sometimes when you kill everything on a, on a, on a board, then it'll drop you out of it, which means your summon goes away and you can only summon it like once per combat. Cause it's consumable per combat or for like mission. You get it back afterwards
0: To use again the next time. Casey, did you use a single summon in the Matrix? Yes. I did not.
2: Really? Yeah. yeah. They were really powerful. I (laughs) used
0: the thing that um, would do extra damage on your extra attacks, and then i just blast with that.
1: Well, so, and then that gets down to another thing I wanted to talk about. Like, the controls aren't very well explained. It was, like, halfway through the game that I realized that you hit the right bumper to switch what (laughs) abilities you had up from either being your bag or your, so like the Decker, uh, one of the abilities that you get as the Decker in the real world is that you can mark targets. I forgot that I had that until I accidentally hit that button midway through the game. And then that's when I realized, Oh, I can toggle between what's in my backpack and what are my abilities. And it's just like, I was just, I was just baffled at times. Like, especially I noticed it when I was in the matrix, I was like, So, I put all of these programs on here that I could use, but there's nothing here. Like, why is there nothing here? I thought it was a bug that it's just, like, everything I equipped for the mission just wasn't going to show up. It's like, oh, I got my two dudes
0: I can throw up, but I don't really want to throw out a dude right now. I had a similar experience, but, like, I knew I had spells and grenades. So, I'm like, alright, I'm going to figure this out. Because, like, I paused it, I went into my Mm -hmm. inventory, I'm like, yeah, I have all this stuff. Like, where is my stuff? Yeah, very similar experience. And then I think
1: also, like, the Overwatch... So, basically, you press X to drop down to use your abilities, and then you hit the B button to get out of that so you can move around again when you're, like, in combat, um, and then you hit X, but then you also have to hit or hold X again to go into Overwatch, um, and then that became problematic when i was like in combat and i'm like okay i got to do this i got to do this i got to do this cuz there was there was a couple of times where i would hit x to drop down to my abilities then accidentally hit x again and then i was thinking i was selecting an ability but i was actually just choosing to do overwatch it's just like okay well turns over s- screw those two other action <laughs> points i wanted to use this turn
0: yeah i did the same thing several times yeah
1: and so i think that like you have this y button i don't think it's ever used in the entire game you can hold Y and it skips your entire parties. Oh, well, yes. It's used for that. That's it. But <laughs> yeah. it's just like you have other buttons on here. Like, why do you have to, like, map the Overwatch to the same button as... I don't know. I just... Some of that stuff, I think, was a little clunky. Like I said, there's just a lot of... There's a lot of jank at times. There's some weird bugs. Sometimes when you, like, have to select something in the map, it'll leave, like, the little, like, indicator saying, hey, do this, just permanently on that spot. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. there was a couple of times at the end of missions this is like, uh-oh, did it crash? And it's just like, no, it just stays here, makes it look like it's crashing, but then like a minute and a half later it'll actually load the loading screen.
0: I did not run into much of that yeah. on the Series X.
1: I hit it a couple of times on the Series S um, with stuff like that. And then just, yeah, lots of weird like stuff just hanging out on the map. Oh, any time you went down to the basement of the hideout, it would play two music tracks at the same time. Every single time. Not for me. Yeah, yeah I didn't get that. Every single time because there was like one that you had for up above and one that you had down below. They're always playing at the same time. Funny. It was just like,
0: how in the world? Like, why does that do that? That is very strange. Uh, one thing Phoenix noticed when I was playing it, the music tracks were pretty repetitive. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. when the boards got longer, it'd be like a short musical track, like a 16-bit musical track uh-huh. and it just looped and like, uh, I didn't notice it until she broke the glass on it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah it sucks.
1: Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I I noticed it. Luckily, the music was decent enough that I, like,
0: was fine with it, but,
1: yeah, it's very... Fine, a ringing endorsement. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Casey, how was this overall experience for you? How did the whole package come together? Did you enjoy your time with Shadowrun Returns? Is, like we like to say on the movie shows, is this something that you enjoyed in 2022, 20, a nine-year-old game?
2: I did, yeah. I th- I had a lot of fun playing this. Um, and I'm hopeful that I'm 75% through uh, and knowing what our next game is coming up. And I know I said this last month, too, because I wanted to go back and play, <laughs> play Immortals Phoenix Rising again. And I have not finished that yet, but I'm hopeful that I can finish this story because I really do want to see where how my character interacts and how I end up playing through that, that final mission. So... Um, but yeah, everything up, up to this point has, has been really fun. Um, like I said, I, I really like the character that I made. I like how it plays. Uh, I like being able to select the, the teammates that accompany my character. Um, I really haven't had many frustrations. I, I did have a couple bugs that I, I said to you guys, like I had to actually completely restart a couple missions. Uh, well, the same mission three times because the same bug kept happening, but thankfully there was a different way around it. Um, so Thank God this game is better long.
0: than Marvel Avengers. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. That would have I would I would have <laughs> had the same opinion probably had I not been able to get past that and had to start over halfway through through the game. But uh, yeah, up until you know up to where I'm at, which is well 75 percent through, I've I've really enjoyed most of my experience with this game.
0: Bernsy, you play a lot of RPGs. I know you've played a lot of games that are just flat out better than Shadowrun Returns. Yeah, but how did the overall experience? come together was this an experience that you enjoyed or you just plug away at it because you had this podcast to do and you didn't want me to tease you about going full brian mode
1: um (laughs) i mean i don't care you could tease me about whatever uh it doesn't matter to me but uh i i think the middle of the game i think was really just kind of where it fell off for me i'm glad i kind of pushed back through it to see some of the more interesting things that happen later on in the game um The plot overall, like, I kind of saw a lot of, like, where they were going with things until it just, like, goes, like, full crazy. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: you saw the crazy...
1: No, 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 no. Once it got to that point, it's like, I saw a lot of, like, oh, okay, this person is probably actually, like, manipulating this. And this person's, like, a fall guy kind of thing. Because it was just like, okay, I know the game's longer than, like, where I'm at fighting the, you know, supposedly big bad, right? So it's like, okay, so who could be the possible, like, bad guys? And it's like, I could piece together a lot of that. Like, the final, like, what exactly is happening with this group, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's just bonkers. And it does the weird thing of introducing, like, all these characters in, like, the end game. It's just like, there's all these characters that you just, like, get, like, at the end of everything, which I'm actually fine with because it, like... I don't know. It, it makes it interesting that it's just like this evolving list of characters.
0: I suspect that everyone that you meet in that final conclave, I suspect that those are some pretty important figures in the Shadowrun universe. That's what right? I figured, Long-term yeah. Shadowrun fans. Uh, granted, my characters never progressed very far. Like, <laughs> we caused a lot of mayhem. <laughs> didn't get to learn a lot about the world Uh in my time with the tabletop rpg but i suspect that's the case with those all those new characters that they bring at the end
1: yeah so i mean overall i think it's 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 a fun playthrough it doesn't overstay its welcome like it's it's not a super long game i think it just got a little boring in the middle parts for me um but once i got through that and got to some of the more interesting things near the end it it was much more enjoyable
0: i really enjoy this game. I'm not going to say that it's a great game. It has it has plenty of flaws and it has plenty of warts, but I love the Shadowrun world, and this was a chance for me to enjoy a really, really good story in a setting that I really, really enjoy. Like, I just can't get enough of, like, the corporate espionage and, like, all the just weird random wacky stuff that can happen within the confines of Shadowrun. I really enjoyed this experience, and, like, I just, I'm desperate for you to get to... Will you finish this game tonight so we can talk about the end of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I should...
0: Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Shadow on returns. Uh, I, I don't know what I would score this game. Like it feels like a seven and a half, seven seven five. Maybe if I were to put a zero to ten rating on it.
1: I mean, I it would be at seven or maybe a little lower for me.
0: Yeah, I liked it more than that. I also I gave myself a lot of time with this. I started playing it immediately. and I took it in very small chunks. So I'd basically play like a mission a night, like. And when I got to that final mission, that is just a big, long slog. Like, I'm like, ooh, this must be the end because I'm just not going to play more of this. So, <laughs> I
1: played, like, the first five hours of it a couple weekends ago. And then I really enjoyed it, actually, at that point. And then, like, I started playing again a couple of times in between there. And I just, it wasn't like, like, the mission was boring. And it was just like, ugh. Uh, and then I tried to go back to it a couple of times. It's just like, ah, it's just boring. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do that. Um, so, but then once I got through that middle stuff, like I said, it, it, I enjoyed it more.
0: Shadowrun returns next month on Game Pass Forever. We're going to play Metal Hellsinger, now with beat assist. Slay to the rhythm of metal and vengeance on an infernal journey through the eight hells. Make them fear the beat. Metal Hellsinger is a rhythm FPS bursting with demons, bad A weapons, and heavy metal music. How's that for a show that I don't edit? Casey, you put this weird thing up for Game Pass. Uh, What has you excited to play Metal Hellsinger?
2: Uh, I don't know how you can't just hear that description and be like, (laughs) heck yeah, I want to play that. I mean... What what about a rhythm first-person shooter do you
1: not want
0: to play? Uh, I have notoriously poor rhythm, so I don't imagine that I'm going to enjoy this experience. I'd put up Vampire Survivors, which I just love and adore, and frankly, I've also played a ton of it, and I knew I could get more God of War in if we played Vampire Survivors this month, so thanks for ruining my month leading up to Christmas.
2: I think you're going to have a good time. Uh, It looks
0: cool. Watching the trailer, uh, it looks... It looks very polished and just really interesting. Like, it does have a very... How did you describe it? Um, you combined two games together. And oh, I didn't want I to steal... Guitar
2: Hero and Doom. Yeah. 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 yeah
0: it sounds apt. Like, <laughs> watching the trailer, it should be a very interesting Ber- thing. Burns, are you excited for this? Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I am. I, I'm glad that we got this as opposed to Vampire Survivor. Like, Vampire Survivor is a fine game but it's it's like a
0: great game. It's
1: just like at the best $3 I will ever spend in my life. Yeah. But for game pass, that's, that's irrelevant. And it's one of those things where it's just like, it's just a time waster game. I don't know. Like I get it. I've enjoyed the random times I jumped in and wandered around in it. Um, And like the things that you unlock and keep going back in and whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm glad we got this game. I'm a little bummed that Pentiment didn't make it, but I kind of figured it wouldn't because I feel like I'm the only person that wants to ever play that game. Um, In our group of folks, but uh, Metal Hellsinger has been um, nominated for a couple of Game Awards for Best Music and um, Best Indie Debut, I think it was, or Best Indie Game, one of the two or both.
0: I mean, it doesn't look like an indie game just from the trailer. Like it looks like it looks like a legitimate, not triple A, but it looks like a big time production. Yeah,
1: no, it's it it is an indie game, Um, but yeah, lots of people really like it. So yeah, it should be a trip.
2: Four thousand some reviews on Steam, and it's ten out of ten. So. Hopefully it's awesome. It looked awesome. I'm like, holy crap. This- <laughs> I've yeah. never seen anything about- like this before. I've never even heard of a genre of game like this before. <laughs> so should be, I think it's going to be a good time.
0: Well, the last game that you put up and won was Limbo. How was that experience for us?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, Limbo-, Limbo was fantastic, except it was not on Game Pass, and uh, it got taken off like a month before I nominated <laughs> it. So that was great.
1: You said a month before. It was like four months before you nominated Uh. it. It was like June it came off. This was like two months ago.
0: (laughs) My bad. (laughs) If you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. This standalone segment, Game Pass Forever, is tied to a specific tier of support. You can back us for as little as $2 a month, but at $10, our most popular tier, you get an extra podcast from Tom and Joey. Check it out at patreon.com slash OIO. Thank you so much for listening. Stay inside.